You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's up, my cosmic thrill seekers? Welcome back to Fly on the Call. Hopefully you're not tired of him yet, because today's episode features my conversation with Corey Gregory of Prince Daddy and the Hyena. We mainly focused on last year's Cosmic Thrill Seekers and the messages involved in it, as well as Corey's writing process, how he views the band, and what's the next step for P-Daddy. So strap in, it's going to be one wild ride. So are, are you sick of talking yet? <laughs> Honestly, no. I'm having <laughs> is it uh, getting, getting your voice nice and raw ready for tour? <laughs> yeah, warming up. This is my warm up. <laughs> <laughs> what number podcast am I? You want me to actually count? Uh, if you feel <laughs> like it. <laughs> got a list. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm doing, I'm doing my rounds, you know? For sure. <laughs> You're 19 in three days. Well, damn. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not sure when this is going to be going up yet. So can I get a convincing, I'm excited for tour. Tour was awesome and tour's going awesome. Quote. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right now? Yeah. Do you literally want me to say those three things? However you want. <laughs> I am so goddamn excited for this upcoming circus tour. That one was genuine. <laughs> okay. uh, this tour is going so smoothly. I can't believe how much fun I'm having with all my best friends and family. This rocks. All right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a post-tour one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I can say with confidence, that was the best tour I've ever been on. Those shows were so much fun. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> acting. <That> sounds great. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start by, since you're doing such a podcast blitz, I want yeah. to see what haven't you been asked yet? Oh, that is hard. I feel like asking me what I have been asked. Question. <laughs> I, I ask like the questions. There's like definitely a list of like four or five questions that I'm like, uh, do I gotta do this again? Not, not, not like not to be a dick. Like I, I, I'm totally down to do it. I don't mean that literally. Not, 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 not in a diva way. But uh, no, there's like certain questions like uh, answer like five five times in one day, answering like how I met the rest of Prince Daddy or like what like what my first record was or something or like my favorite bands. It's like I think the world knows I love Green Day by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when Prince Daddy first kind of like started, you're yeah. almost. Um, kind of pigeonholed into like the 
like Weezer core side of the scene. For sure. Uh, and I'm curious kind of like how that affected the way like you viewed your music and what was it like? I feel like you've kind of broken out of that mold now. So I feel like what, like, I'm curious, like what kind of that was like for you kind of like breaking out of it. You know, like that to me, I mean, it's definitely accurate. You're, you're definitely 100% right. But it, <laughs> I, I don't think um, that was like much of a, 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 a problem or like a concern to me. Because I feel, I feel like I kind of uh, like ate into that. Like I, 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 I pigeonholed ourselves into that, you know, like I, I wrote a record, like the, our first record is essentially a hundred percent like Weezer Green Day Warship, you know, like, so I'm definitely not going to fight that. <laughs> like it, it doesn't piss me off when, when, when that does happen. But yeah, I don't think, I think my influence and inspiration says that they have expanded for sure. I, I, I listen to more music now, you know, like when I wrote that first record, I was, I was like fresh out of high school. Um, mm-hmm. That's the first, that's pretty much the first like body of work I've ever composed. Mm-hmm. That Prince that is my first band. Yeah, like I kind of was just, um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I feel like I was playing it safe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and me playing it safe was doing what I'm familiar with. And you know, I am all too familiar with Weezer and Green Day and how <laughs> they write songs and how they play guitar and stuff like that. That's how I learned to play my instrument. That's how I learned to do what I know, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was just me kind of like proving to myself that I knew how to do it in general. And then Cosmic Feel Secret, me actually not trying to prove anything to myself, just challenging myself and uh, doing something that I, I would be genuinely, genuinely proud of mm-hmm. uh, with longevity rather than just kind of um, proving to myself that I can do it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. You kind of like didn't want to do like, the same thing twice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. <laughs> but if anything, I think the pigeonholed into the Weezer core thing wasn't a problem because I'm like cultured in that. Whereas <laughs> like, I feel like we also get, this is way broader. So I don't know if pigeonholed is the right word, but like same concept. I feel like p- people call us an emo band a lot, which <laughs> I, I don't hate that like there's nothing about emo i hate but i just feel like i'm kind of stupid when it comes to emo like i grew up listening to like punk rock and like 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 i said like green day weezer against me uh i don't know like or like indie rock like the strokes or the killers or whatever so like i feel like people just say that one because we tour with emo bands Mm -hmm. rather than what we sound like yeah yeah i feel like more than kind of like any other genre emo is kind of like meaningless because really truly is i agree like really depending on like when you grew up and what kind of scenes you're into it's like it could be something so vastly different yeah no i was on another podcast earlier where i was talking about this and i was it's just like it's not like insulting to me at all like it's it's just a little confusing but it's like if all these bands that i love and that i tour with are considered emo then like you know, yeah, I guess I do like emo or like, yeah, I guess we are an emo band. Like if like all these bands, I don't know, like is Oso Oso emo? Do you know the band Oso Oso? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, of course. They're, they're called the emo band, which like, I'm not going to fight it because I don't really know. But like if they're an emo band, then yeah, I, I like emo and I guess we're a little emo because like I definitely draw inspiration from Jade's songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guess like what would you say kind of like if you had to define your genre, what would you say it would be? Um. I mean, if someone like my my go to answer would just be like either punk rock or power pop. <laughs> yeah, that that's. I mean, those are my main sources 
of inspiration. So that's what I'm going for, at least. I don't know mm-hmm. if achieving it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as far as, like you mentioned, kind of like branching out influence-wise from like the Weezer and Green Day stuff, what was some of the, what were some of the other artists and genres that came in while you're writing Cosmic Thrill Seekers? I mean, writing Cosmic Thrill Seekers was just kind of like, literally the, I've, I was writing it for like five years. So literally I was writing it since uh, like a little bit before the first record came out. So essentially, like, it was, like, I've been writing it since the start of, like, me touring and stuff. So it's just been, like, the more time I spend with other musicians, the more time I spend seeing, like, like at a show every night, seeing different bands and stuff. It's just, like, I'm kind of at a point where I just, like, listen to everything. Like, like mm-hmm. I, take, I, I take aspects of everything. I f- yeah, for sure. I feel like Prince Daddy is kind of at, like, that perfect kind of size where you still do have all those influences coming in you still have you have like a a solid base with all those influences coming in and you're not like to the point where it's like you're selling out arenas and not even listening to music anymore (laughs) yeah totally i'm like i i listen to so much music and like like i was saying like the more i tour and the more like uh people i meet on tour who like have music suggestions who are like from different circles and stuff it's just like i'm just getting introduced to like so much stuff on a daily basis that like I just am constantly inspired and I feel like uh it kind of makes it makes it so I can expand my sonic palette in my own songwriting yeah for sure yeah. and you kind of you mentioned that like the writing process for Cros- for cosmic thrill seekers was a super extended one yeah. uh, when was it in the process that the kind of concept started to emerge and form into like what it eventually became that essentially came first, I'd say. I, I, I feel like um, uh, I kind of write records, not songs, if that makes sense. So I, I, can't, I can't really, that sounds so pretentious now that I say that. <laughs> but but I, what I mean is like, I can't really, it's the opposite of pretentious. It's actually me being dumb. I can't really write a song if I don't know what its purpose is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, for sure. I, I've been saying it this way. I've been saying that it's like, writing like chapter 14 of a book and you don't know what the book's about like it just it doesn't really make sense to me i can't really like feel motivated to do it whereas like if i have like a general concept or a map or a blueprint of like the the body of work itself rather than just like a fraction of it i'm more inspired to um like fill in the blanks yeah so how does that kind of like affect when it comes to the actual like writing a specific song and like developing, you know, the tracks individually, how does that kind of affect that process? Um, you know, I, I feel like it actually makes it a lot easier if, if you have like a very linear, like, um, like if you have a destination in mind, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. like how are you going to like, like, why would you, st- I, I, I can't start driving if I don't have a destination in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like I, mm-hmm. I, it, like, if I have like, it just makes it a lot easier and smoother. I feel like, cause then I don't have to like second guess myself at all because I know what I'm trying to do rather than kind of like gradually conceptualizing as it goes. Like I feel like the album will be written first and then I'll write the songs. Yeah. I actually just kind of thought of what maybe a good metaphor. I feel like it's almost like a Mad Lib where it's like you have kind of like that prompt and it's just filling in like the adjectives that's, and the verbs and that's, stuff. That, that's really what it is, honestly. And I don't, not in the, in like with cosmic thrill seekers like honestly like in a literal sense that's what it was like cosmic thrill seekers like is like a linear story with like you know like 
a very like pretty strict blueprint but like even with like i thought you didn't like leaving or like the record i'm writing now it's like there's it's not as like strict like of a, of a narrative mm-hmm. but it's still like these themes and, and my purposes are all like there and i'm just filling it in you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure and i feel like um like thematically like com- cosmic thrill seekers you know hits a lot on kind of like the cyclical nature of like behavior and emotions and stuff and Absolutely. yeah um like how does that uh how did like kind of becoming super aware of it during the writing process um how has it kind of like affected the way that that cycle works for you has it kind of like broken or changed it in any ways you know i do like to think that maybe it has like that it brought me like writing it and becoming familiar with these patterns and like kind of the act of like self-exploration for like uh, in those past like four or whatever years I was writing the record definitely did help me like become self-aware enough to uh, break from it. I mean, I would like to think so, but like uh, <laughs> it's hard to say, you know, cause it's, everything's very temporary. That's heavy. No, but like, I, I don't know. Like it just feels like uh like, I don't know, I guess in five years, I'll have a better answer, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of said like the blueprint was there from the beginning. So yeah. did like, did your kind of like mindset towards the album, did it change from kind of like a more in the moment to like you looking kind of at a less developed version of yourself, like while you were still writing it? Uh, I mean, there's definitely certain points on the record where I'm like not writing about the present. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which which is kind of hard for me. Like that that is definitely the hard part. Like writing writing songs from the perspective of like me in like whatever phase I'm in uh, in like I don't know like fucking A or Lauren or whatever. Like I feel like the fr- honestly the hard part was writing the um. This is gonna sound so emo. Okay, I get the emo thing now, but. Um, <laughs> Like writing the um the first act was like definitely the hardest for me because that was the happy one and I and I like was not in a good place writing that record not like I was just like I mean you've listened to it obviously like I I I was just like feeling a little trapped so like writing from a hopeful perspective for those like first four or five songs I feel like getting in the mind frame of like where I was like two years before actually putting pencil to paper was uh the weird part for me yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and so you kind of like hit on the um the next question that i wanted to ask which is kind of about the i feel like it's kind of like a classic artistic kind of like dissonance between you know the fact that pain like leads to quote unquote like good music right. versus like the need to be kind of like mentally healthy mm-hmm. uh, or like the idea that you know change even for the better can be kind of like scary um right. Could you talk a little bit about that and how like you've dealt with that? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a weird dynamic to have, especially as not even as a music writer, like as a songwriter, but as a music appreciator. Like mm-hmm. thinking about like all of my favorite records are the ones that came out of like these terrible, terrible times for these people. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's it's definitely like uh, a civil war in your head, like not a conscious thing. It's just like. Um, like obviously, no matter what, you want to get better. Like you don't want to feel like shit. You know? Can I swear? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Like no matter what, you don't want to like. Regardless, like there comes a point when like nothing else matters mm-hmm. besides 
not feeling like shit. Yeah. So I feel like that overrides the art aspect. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like when I do feel like shit, writing the songs and being honest about feeling like shit helps me feel less like shit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious kind of like how um how have like fans connected to cosmic thrill seekers differently than um like the the other stuff or kind of like differently than the way that you connect to it as far as different from the other stuff i feel like there have definitely been kids who hit me up on like twitter or instagram or like come up to me at like, the merch table after shows and stuff and will uh have like they'll feel more comfortable expressing some heavy thoughts with me which i really appreciate because i i would like i i was i was that kid once for a bunch of bands and i like still am that kid with mm-hmm. a bunch of bands too you know like i'll go up to like i don't know i can't think of a band on top of my head but like there, there's definitely like certain songwriters who like i'd go up to and be like yo like this record was like super important to me for this time and it got me through a dark time or whatever so like it really means a lot that there's kids who can connect to a piece of my art that mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like CTS kind of made it clear that uh, I I was receptive to to those things. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like pe- people were more likely to uh, share their emotional emotional attachment rather than more like uh, I thought. You know, like leaving was very like you know kind of like slacker, rocky, kind of silly. And CTS is definitely silly and lighthearted too, but it's a little bit more vulnerable and transparent, I think. <laughs> and I feel like that made the people listening to the record be a little bit more vulnerable too, in the sense that um, they'll share those connections with me. They know, they know that it's like a safe spot to share those connections. And that's a definitely a rewarding part of releasing an album you worked hard on. Yeah, for sure. And and have you kind of like noticed, like you mentioned kind of like the change in um, like intent and subject matter and stuff. Have you noticed like a difference in, the the fan base or like how people have like been telling you or how you've seen people like coming into the fan base because you know i've seen obviously um like a lot of people are immediately turned off by like the name or like by your vocal style sometimes that's like a barrier for entry for for like current fans getting other people into your stuff so have you noticed a kind of change in that uh no people definitely still hate the name my voice (laughs) (laughs) um we definitely get those two things a lot which is okay i get it i i, I would probably hate them too but um, <laughs> um i feel like there is kind of a divide though like i feel like there are definitely kids who are like like weed jokes and songs about eating pizza in bed and stuff you know like like where it's like i don't dislike those songs but i feel like i would rather continue to challenge myself than um accept stagnance as a songwriter and just keep writing like slackery like i don't care like like i don't care rock which i (laughs) I feel like cts is the exact opposite (laughs) which so i feel like it was maybe a little polarizing to some people who like weren't willing to grow with us that sounds pretentious too damn i'm sorry really (laughs) pretentious but yeah i I mean that in, in a literal sense though like not metaphorically like i feel like most of our fans are the same age as us or like maybe they give or take two or three years, you know, we're all pretty young. And I, so I feel like you'd hope that um, these kids would grow with you and not um, 
I'm saying these kids when I'm referring to people. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we, we are kids, me included. Um, but yeah, like it's, um, yeah, I don't understand why like someone who is like in the same spot as me would have that expectation of me to just keep writing songs about like just being a loser, I guess, you know? Like I don't, like, it, there was never a point when I was like, sure, I wrote songs about being a loser, but like I, there's never, you shouldn't, I'm not proud of it, you know? Like I'm, I'm yeah. It's something that like I write as like an outlet. Mm-hmm. So like if you expect me to keep writing that, then you expect me to always be a loser. And like I don't know, like that's I I just feel like there should be a sense of realism to it. That that if you're like if we're on the same wavelength, which we should be because we're the same age, then you should understand like I want I need I need to grow. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you, you know? like you mentioned like the um, kind of polarizing aspects of it. Do, have you? Do you think it's more? Like the people who were on board with CTS, were they more like newcomers, you think, or um, people who had been around kind of from the earlier days? I would say both. I would say the people who really fucked with Cosmic Thrillseekers were either kids who who were like like in it, like would like like there's certain P Daddy fans who like they're not even fans at this point because I'm so familiar with them. Like they're friends of mine, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like they, they, they reach out and like respond to stuff on Twitter or whatever, or like come to shows and like say hi to the point where like, they're not, it's not like having a fan. Like there's these kids who are like, you know, they are there with you. And I feel mm-hmm. like those, those people are definitely the ones who are like, okay, like I'm proud of Prince daddy. Cause they like, you know, they did the thing with this record <laughs> and also the newbies who discovered us with this record. I feel like, like this record more, but then there's, I feel like the people we didn't lose, but the people that maybe were a little polarized by it were like the casual Spotify listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a Spotify album. I don't think if that makes sense, like these songs don't belong in like a playlist or anything or on shuffle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I was actually, I talked to uh, Spanish Love Songs a couple of weeks ago and they said something very similar. So it makes a lot of sense. And that you two are on the same wavelength makes a lot of yeah. sense too. <laughs> yeah. I like that band a lot, by the way. Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing them for the first time on Friday. I'm super stoked. I've never seen them. I never met them, but I really want to. I like that band. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and I also, I also wanted to kind of talk about, I feel like, um, you know, just kind of like the idea of space being something that's a kind of a through line in cosmic thrill seekers. And even with like the astronaut on, um, but you didn't even like leaving. Um, can you talk about kind of like your fascination with that and like how it, how you used it as a theme within the album as well? Uh, yeah. I'd, I feel like this kind of fits in with the earlier question about like kind of having this like Mad Lib-esque writing process um, <laughs> where like, with both records i think like there's certain themes i would do like with cosmic thrill seekers specifically like it was lots of uh space and wizard of oz and then once you have those things like uh like pencil to paper like you know what it is you have this like certain vocabulary that you that you can like pull and choose from that like gives you this more interesting palette i guess where where (laughs) i wouldn't be using these terms like click your heels together or like I, I like I like I would there's just these a bunch of lines that like make sense metaphorically like in the narrative of the story but 
I wouldn't have jumped to those lines if I didn't decide on Wizard of Oz as a theme. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it gives, uh, it kind of just gives me a fun vocabulary to like play with and toy with. And space specifically was, it was there because, uh, I mean, I, first of all, I'm a nerd. Like I'm a huge sci-fi <laughs> nerd. I, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. Me and um, our guitarist Cameron are both pretty heavily into like Star Wars and shit like that i finally saw rise of skywalker on saturday <laughs> curious what you think uh i enjoyed the experience of it definitely like i feel like i always get caught up in star wars like it like it kind of is always what it needs to be but then once i kind of like once you walk out of the theater it's like okay well this kind of didn't quite fully make sense or like i wish this was a little different but i mean i definitely enjoyed it overall <laughs> you want to hear my hot take hell yeah the kids are gonna kill me for this one I think Rise of Skywalker is the bottom of the Star Wars movies. I think I would rather watch Attack of the Clones than Rise of Skywalker. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like Rise of Skywalker is the is like there's usually when a movie's bad, if I see like uh, let's say I go see a movie in the theater, I won't like realize it's bad until the next day. I'll be like, wait a sec, that actually was a piece of shit. <laughs> Whereas Rise of Skywalker, I was watching it and I was like. You've got to be fucking kidding me right now. Like it was happening in real time. I was like, this can't be real. I was so <laughs> upset watching that movie. Nothing made sense. Nothing carried any weight. And it was just so upsetting. Sorry to get off topic, but yeah, I'm passionate about Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely, like I said, or like you said, the, the next day, like realizing like all the flaws in it, that definitely hit me this time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing that happens for me. It's, it's not immediate. Like I'll still enjoy a shitty movie while I'm watching it. And then I'll like be like, mm, actually, maybe that wasn't good. You know, <laughs> for sure. It was a special exception where I was like watching it and in real time. I was like, no, 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 this is not good. This is not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, going back onto the, the topic of space, you're kind of just talking about like the fascination with sci-fi and kind of how that worked in. I mean, there's also a, a more literal, bigger reason why. I feel I feel like just space is very uh, therapeutic. Just the there's a line somewhere on the record. I forget what it says specifically, but just like the concept of uh, being small and insignificant, mm-hmm. which, which space kind of uh, definitely exemplifies. I feel like that is weirdly therapeutic to me which maybe couldn't be that might be unhealthy but it definitely <laughs> is a thing that resonates with me and um yeah, and how does that kind of um like the idea of being like just this little thing in the vastness of space mm-hmm. with how does that kind of um relate to you know you writing all these songs about yourself and about your life in a way that's like you know like this is important it makes it feel more personal to me, honestly, because like it makes it feel like like I'm writing it for myself because like there's, I mean, not, it doesn't feel like I'm writing it for myself. Like I am writing it for myself. And, and like, I guess it just makes me not ha- like with that thought process, it makes me not have like any like pressure or expectations of um, what people will think of it or anything. Cause it's my genuine and it's just, you know, <laughs> my piece of it's just a piece of me you know mm-hmm. it's it's not really trying it's not trying to do anything like it doesn't have there's no like political purpose or anything to it it's just uh mm, a snapshot i guess mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 
it's kind of like, I guess, makes sense for it to be kind of like a weight off your shoulders if you don't have the expectations of like, uh, this band's going to blow up and we're going to be the biggest right. thing ever and stuff like that. I'm not worried about like the Prince Daddy canon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, 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 it's smaller than that to me. Like there's no, there's no, when I'm sitting in a room writing Cosmic Thrill Seekers, there's no bigger picture. It, the bigger picture is Cosmic Thrill Seekers, you know? Like that's as, that's the biggest frame I can have when I'm writing that. It's not like, where is this going to fit in, in in the P. Daddy discography, you know? Like, there is no P. Daddy discography. Like, this, is, it's, this is it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, now, and now that it's, like, out and it has seen success that's, like, bigger than those intentions, like, how do you kind of, like, deal with that? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not dealing with it. it it's – I'm really grateful, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. wonderful to have something you're really proud of and then have people respond to it well and kind of validate your – your pride is uh, incredible for your self-esteem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, cause like when I'm writing it, I'm like thinking, Dan, this is good. You know, I wouldn't write it if I didn't like it. So to have someone else tell me that it's good is like, okay, like I, I, I'm, that makes me even more proud of myself, you know, cause I'm not lying to myself. I'm not, I'm not like half-assing my way through it. Like I, I, I tried and I succeeded mm-hmm. it, in my head. Like, and in like, you know, some people said it's like, I'm sure some people don't like it. Like I said, but like, enough people have responded well to it for me to like not be like embarrassed of it or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you've mentioned that like you're working on a new album now, how are you still able to keep that kind of same mindset that you had while you're writing cosmic thrill seekers? Which mindset is that? Uh, I guess just like the, um, like doing it for yourself and like the not having aspirations necessarily for how it's going to turn out. Yeah. I don't think, this is the fun part about being in a band, you know, is writing the songs. And I feel like once, if that, if that thought ever manages to like seep into my brain and like pollutes this process for me, then it will make it not fun anymore. So I think there will never come a point when that is a problem for me. And if it does, then I take a break from writing songs. Cause like this is, this is the fun part and I don't, I would never want to make it not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, just out of curiosity, like how kind of far along are you in the process and how many of like the themes and how much of the roadmap do you have down? Uh, the roadmap is completed. As, like I said, it's, it's not going to be like a linear narrative. Like this is where it starts. This is where it ends like cosmic thrill seekers. <laughs> but the, obviously, like I said, like I, I conceptualized the record first and yeah, the record is like pretty fleshed out. I have, I have plenty of songs written I'm, we're doing it a little differently this time since it's not linear and like, it's not like seamless. Like CT, CTS was very calculated and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it a little differently this time because we have the ability to, since it's not seamless and it's not linear. Mm-hmm. We kind of, I'm writing a lot more songs than will be on the record so we can choose from the best rather than, you know, here are the 14 songs. This is how they fit. We can't move any songs. Like we can't take out any songs because then the whole record is fucked, you know, mm-hmm. how CTS was. Whereas this one, it's like, I have like 30 songs written and like, oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to like demo them all out and I'll probably keep writing more, you know, and then we'll just pick the nine to 15 best ones and just <laughs> c- construct a, a good record out of it, you know, because it's all, like I said, I'm, I'm still following the Mad Lib process of like, it all fits into the album's uh, voice per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And um, are we going to get a Thrashville three out of three on there? 
honestly, it is one of the songs being demoed out. Oh shit! I, I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> spoiler alert: Me and Cam, me and Cameron, were just talking about that today. We have a couple different versions of it. We have like a real fast punk version of it, and then we have like a slow kind of chuggy version of it. And we're probably gonna demo out both versions and. See if it's worth putting on them, if it stands up against the other songs. Yeah. Rad. That's awesome. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm not sure if I should have said that, but I did. You got that out of me. <laughs> I, I caught you by surprise. <laughs> caught myself by surprise too, actually, by your answer. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, I like to always ask the kind of same question to wrap things up, which is just um, either for, you know, a piece of advice or something like philosophical you've been thinking about lately um, that you'd like to share about um, music or like life in general. Damn, I feel like I covered most of those topics in the past like, 40 minutes. Um, that, that, that's a very large question. That could be anything. For sure. <laughs> it's as vast as space. Uh, it's as vast as space. Heard. Uh, I'm not a philosophical guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have an answer. It, 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 maybe if I have more of a specific question, I can narrow it down to something. <laughs> well, uh, I'll uh, extrapolate. It's okay to not know out of that. That can be part of the advice. <laughs> the philosophical part. There it is. Yeah. It's okay, okay to not know. There it is. <laughs> what about, is there a, one solid piece of advice for a band right now? <laughs> um, just do. I, I say if you're at a point when you're trying, like what what made Prince Daddy get to where we are now is, is to, to like opportunities, being in the right <laughs> place in the right time. And, you know, saying yes to as much things as possible leads you to a better chance of being in that right place at the right time. So yeah, just, just do, do, do as much as you can without like, without fucking yourself up or without like, without fucking, fucking yourself up mentally or like fiscally, whatever, like, like just do, keep going, you know, push. Well, all right, you made it. Though it may not have been the longest episode of fly on the call. I think it's certainly one of the most dense. Thanks to Corey for making the time to add this humble podcast to his 25 podcast blitz the other week. Make sure to catch him and the rest of Prince Daddy on tour with Oso Oso, Just Friends, and Sincere Engineer. What a beautiful lineup. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyInTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at flyingthecallpod at gmail.com. See you next week. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.